Hello, Sobertown, and welcome to the Sobertown podcast. This is your bargain day, two for one. Good morning, I am Polly. And good morning, I am Karina. And we are catching up with Karina, who has been on a sober vacation. Yeah. Yay! Yes, I have. My first one since um, I was about 14, I think. Um, oh my gosh. I know. I, that's because I, I mean, it may have been before that, but I remember going to Mallorca when I was 14 and um, drinking brandy and chocolate milk over there. Yeah, because that was their, their drink of the time. La Mumbas. Um, <laughs> La Mumbas, that's the one. La Mumbas, yeah. And so I remember drinking them most of the holiday, actually. So I'd have to say that that, you know, definitely has been my first sober holiday since then because holidays were a big, big drinking thing for me. Um, the last few years have always gone all-inclusive because of the amount I drank because it was so much cheaper just to go all-inclusive um, and just stay in wherever I was and drink myself silly. Oh, thank goodness times have changed. <laughs> I think you and a lot of, um, it seems to be the thing. I mean, I don't know why we suddenly think that being on vacation is an alcohol fest. <laughs> mm. <laughs> because it really does become an alcohol fest, doesn't it, when you go on vacation, especially us Brits. I suppose, yeah, definitely. And um, it becomes very messy. And um, and as you said, I mean, you remember when I sort of did that interview with my son, um, he, he was actually saying how it is British culture. As you've just said, you know, us Brits, it is British culture. Um, and that's why we're not liked in a lot of countries around Europe, really, is because we are big pissheads over here, especially on holiday. And it leads to all sorts of bother. Because we would drink all evening and night and lie by the pool all day sleeping it off. Yeah. Yeah. And end well, up so sunburnt because you didn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. In and out of the pool, in and out of the yeah. pool to cool off. Oh my God. Yeah. Those were the days. <laughs> Those were the days. Thank God. Thank goodness they've gone. Thank goodness they've gone. I still and miss the sunshine and the sea and, you know, just. Just yeah, relax it. <clears throat> I can't yeah, say. It, yeah, it would be nice to travel again um, once our borders are, are open. It would definitely nice to be get out and uh, travel again. There certainly wasn't any sea or sunshine over here. Tell a lie, we did have a little bit of sunshine last week, um, um, and we didn't have the rain that we'd been promised. I mean, we've been promised that it was going to rain the whole time, which um, in previous years would have been a great excuse just to to drink the holiday away, but. Um, but no, we didn't. Oh, actually, I did. I drank loads of Starbucks. I kept Starbucks in business for my whole holiday. <laughs> so you holidayed Ca- on caffeine. I did. Family. Well, I have. I did have decaf. I had my caffeine in the morning, but then I'm a decaf girl. So yes, so I had a, a regular decaf um, coconut milk cappuccino every day. Yeah. How did you enjoy the holiday? It was amazing. It was absolutely fantastic um and you know it, it was nice 
anyway because we went to Centre Parks. We went to Centre Parks, which um, is here where you stay in sort of villas in the middle of Thetford Forest. So it was beautiful, beautiful setting. Um, I felt it was a bit home from home because I had ducks in my garden and geese mm. flying around. So <laughs> I didn't miss my ducks and geese from home. They were there too. And we had little monk jack deer. I don't know if you get them in the States, but they're tiny little deer, monk jacks. Um, we had no, deer in the garden. I, I get yeah. white tail around here. White tail? What, what white tail, yeah. White tail deer around okay. here. Little fluffy uh, okay. Yeah. So monk jacks are a little tiny deer. And we had them and we were feeding them each day, which was um, amazing. Um, and I'd booked it to go with um, my son, Jack, and his partner and my grandson, baby Arthur. So, it, yeah, it was just it was wonderful. Um, and it was wonderful because from the 17th of May, we've been legally allowed to to hug and cuddle um, since the the 19th or 23rd of March last year, I think. Um, so that was was good. Um, and, and yeah, to actually be together as a family and be allowed to actually also go swimming for the first time in a long, long time. So we were able to go indoors and, and swim. And I was able to just remember every single moment of it and um, How much enjoy every single moment. Oh, you know, it was it was wonderful because my my whole time it was it was kind of strange actually because um, Jack and Zofia w- were both um, drinking and um, not lots but they they were drinking and um, they were smoking as well and it was quite funny to sit back as an observer and and watch how that whole daytime routine again was revolving around their smoking and drinking. Whereas with me, I didn't have any of that. I didn't have any conversation in my head about when I could drink, when I could smoke. I could just go with the flow and completely just relax and be there 100% for for little baby Arthur, um, you know, every minute of the day and night as as need be. And having grandma there helped uh, Jack and so have a, a relaxing time as well. Yeah, it was it was really nice. They drank, but it's yeah, still relaxing but, for them. Yeah, and they didn't drink. They didn't drink anything like I used to drink. You know, they do. They are more social, sort of what we'd call normie drinkers, oh, I guess. Gosh, you yeah. know, um, yeah, and and only did it because they knew that that I'd be there if if need be for the baby. But it it was so lovely actually because they could just go out. They went out for a bike ride each evening. And left me, once baby had gone down, left me in the villa and they just went out just for an hour for a bike ride, just to do some bonding for the two of them. And it was great because it was relaxing for them. They knew that mum or May May, as Arthur calls me, um, wasn't drunk. She was fully capable of looking after Baba. She wasn't drinking, she wasn't smoking and she was fully present. And so it was really lovely for, for all of us. And um I just had the best time, the absolute best time. It was fantastic. And it, to know that they trust you with the baby because you are now sober, mm. <laughs> that's got to give you pleasure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah completely. But that completely. is the only thing you had this week. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on now, tell us the rest. 
Oh dear. So I, I, as I've said, I drank myself through my midlife crisis. <laughs> so I, I seem to be having one now. <laughs> um, I got back with um, uh, the love of my life last year, Andy. Um, we, we were together for eight years um, and split up in 2008. And we got back together last year. We've always been friends. And he got into motorbikes and I'd started riding pillion on his bike. And um He'd sort of kind of said, oh, wouldn't it be great if you, you did your test and you learned to ride a motorbike too? And, well, I just can't do that because my balance issues, that there's no way. So we thought a lot around this long and hard and we came up with something called a Can-Am, which is like a trike um, motorbike. Mm-hmm. But the two wheels are at the front and one wheel is at the back. So it looks a bit of a beast. It looks a bit like a um, Batmobile is what people have been calling it. Batwoman. About woman, yeah, and I only found out actually. It's lovely because I, I only found out that Can Am actually stands for Canada and America. That's why it's a Can Am. So yeah. it's really nice because it, it makes me feel more linked even to to you guys over there. Um, you know, I do look at the moon each night and the stars each night, and I connect to all of you. But now I'm on my Can Am, which actually got delivered on the back of a lorry on Friday as we got back from holiday, um, and I have bought myself a Can Am and um, been out having little little drives, little rides on it, um, which is just uh, amazing, being absolutely Come on, amazing. tell us what happened the first time you climbed on it and revved it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the visual of this, well, ladies and gentlemen, is just <laughs> perfect. I had this visual in my mind, and when she described it, I thought, yes, come on then. Okay, so... Um, the bike was delivered. Um, it was raining, so couldn't really go out on it. Um, I'd had a fantastic holiday, but I was exhausted. I was very, very tired. And because of sort of my FND and fibro, there will be days that I cannot ride the bike. I'm fully aware of that. There's days I can't ride the car. Um, I drive the car. So, you know, I knew on Friday, Jack and Zofia had come over with baby Arthur. Andy had come up. Everybody was here for the grand opening ceremony, the great big delivery of this Can-Am, you know. And then the guy kindly took it off the back of the lorry. He reversed it into the garage for me. And... Um, I wanted, I, I knew that, that I wasn't able to ride it that day. So it was going to stay in the garage. So it was going to stay there. Um, and then if I was feeling better Saturday, we would go out for a ride. But I wanted people to hear it. So I um, sat on it. I started it up. Uh, <laughs> Jack and Jack's holding Arthur actually in front of me on the driveway. I've got my foot on the brake, so I thought quite firmly. And I started up. I decided to rev it. So I twisted and I revved it as hard as I could rev it, forgetting that it's a twist and go. So you can't rev it unless you've got your foot completely on the brake, fully hard, because when you twist and go, it just twists and it goes. And Zoom, it straight out the garage. Shot out of the garage, straight towards Jack and Arthur, who luckily Jack jumped out of the way. And apparently Jack said afterwards, so what was funny is mum, you were shouting, break. Break, break, as if you were talking to Alexa or Siri, you know. <laughs> it wasn't going to break for you. 
<laughs> so yes, your vision of me shooting out of the garage like a bat out of hell <laughs> on our last podcast or two <laughs> came true. <laughs> yeah. And so now Batwoman on her Batmobile or her Bat bike is fully functional and ready to go. And did you get out? I know. Yes, I, I learned from that. Well, I did learn from that. So I like to learn from yeah. everything that is twist and go, and I can't do that. I can't rev it like that. Uh, <laughs> it's so, just like, like a cartoon. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> it was. It was. It's funny now. It's funny now. They they did say afterwards. It's a good job you didn't have it in reverse because you can put it in reverse this bike as well. And they said because you would have shot back, taken out Andy's bike that was with behind you in the in the garage and straight through the wall and probably into the lake behind Oh, my me. God. I mean, another visual for us, folks. Oh, my Reiki, Reiki. Oh, dear. But it has got better since then. We went out for a little ride on Saturday. Um, and, you know, Andy's really good. He was following me on his motorbikes. He was kind of shielding me. Um, and we went on a fairly straight road. We just went um, a 15, 16-mile journey um, to get a coffee and 16 miles back. And then yesterday went out again and yesterday I tackled more bends and more roundabouts. And um, by the time I got back, I think I'd sussed braking, I'd sussed the acceleration and how how fast to go. I'd sussed bends and um, roundabouts and stuff as well. So, yeah, feeling a lot more confident. Um, but unfortunately, Andy's gone home now. And as much as I miss him... Um, and I do like my, my own time as well. But I'm absolutely gutted because I can't reverse it in the garage yet myself. And it will only go in that way because of the other stuff that's in the garage. So yeah. I, I can't take it out for a ride until he gets back because I can't put it away. <laughs> Can you get a cover for it? I have got a cover for it. So actually, I could actually, if I really wanted to, um, whiz out on it and just have a little little potter into town and back and um yeah if i can't get it in i'll well i wouldn't even attempt to get it in because if i did make a mistake i'd i'd write off the can-am and his motorbike as well oh and God, i would no. not be in no, 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 no. i'm sure andy would not be best pleased to come back and find your cat his bike underneath <laughs> your can-am no. Or either your Can-Am and his bike in the bottom of the lake Having reversed <laughs> so hard Yeah <laughs> yeah, so bad. yeah Yeah, so I think I'll leave that But uh, for now so you, had, you, you really had a busy week last week I have, but it's been the absolute best It really has um, But I did need sort of a, a little while to recover Because it has been very hectic But you know, uh, it's just been such good fun. And, um, yeah, I, and, and it's just been so lovely to do it all sober. Um, you know, I'd never have been doing any of this if I was still drinking at yeah. all. Um, you know, and I actually said to to Andy on Saturday, I said, you know, what, as I was riding along, and, and, and I just want to point this out for, for people who, you know, uh, are going through sad moments about, you know, life does get shit at times, shit stuff happens to us, but things do become okay and everything does happen for a reason. And, you know, if if Mark hadn't have left me, like my husband, hadn't have 
left me and we hadn't got divorced. And I mean, that was only January last year. If that hadn't have happened, none of this would be happening now, you know? Um, and if my body hadn't become so, so crap to the point that I had to give up work, I still would have been going to work every day, being exhausted, you know, troddling on. And now I'm absolutely living. So as, as, as horrible as that year or so was for me, um, you know, it, it it's all works out for the best. Things really do turn out for the best, no matter how bad they seem at the time. One um, of the expressions I've said over the weekend to several people, and I said it on a couple of podcasts, was not drinking won't kill me. No. Not having a drink will not kill me. No. Drinking will surely kill me. Yeah. Yeah. So you can live your life without alcohol. It it doesn't have to be in your life. And from the sound of it, from what you just talked about, your experiences this last week, the amount of fun you have had, you can do all this. You can have fun. You can have a good life. Yes, you were exhausted at the end of the week. But the satisfaction in knowing how much fun you had that week the sense of joy it brings inside is is immense. And that yeah. kind of joy also brings peace. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I and I feel like I feel like I'm living. We've said this before, haven't we? Yeah. I'm I'm alive for the first time in a long, 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 long time. I'm really, really alive. And yeah, that that you know, I'm not going to lie because, you know, when we all first start drinking, we it, it, sometimes we have a laugh and it can bring us fun. Yeah. I mean, can have a giggle. Good times. I'm not going to say everything good time. dire. No. But then when that alcohol gets its hooks into you, it, there is no fun. There is no life. You just feel dead, completely dead. In, yeah. <laughs> just going through completely going through the motions and um yeah i want to you know i've talked about the dash before that some I, I love that that tiktok that somebody shared about that guy saying about you know on your gravestone there's a date that you're born yes. and the date that you die and just a dash in between and you know my dash was just a dash and now my dash is just bloody awesome <laughs> i am loving that dash <laughs> i really am because that dash is our life you know and my life was flat it was like that dash and now it's just like shooting stars it's just and fireworks and um yeah good stuff yeah, and i good. <laughs> excuse me i just wish that uh, a lot of the younger listeners too the Sober Town podcast, because we've got quite a lot of younger listeners. Mm. Anyone under 60 to me is younger. So you know, <laughs> there's, a broad, there's a broad base there. But coming into this and thinking, oh, my God, I've got to do this for the rest of my life. That's not the way to look at this. This is the way to become alive. This is the way to live your life, because any other way is not living because you now are 
in control of your life that had become uncontrollable. I know a lot of people feel that that expression in AA, um, out of control, um, they had no control. But once you admit that you've got no control over how much you drink, you've got no control over your off switch. It's not saying that alcohol has control of you in a way. It's saying that you have no control over the off switch. Then, because what I've just been reading is a a wonderful book on a woman's way through the 12 steps. And it explains it so much differently. And it can be applied to men and women. That when you admit that any addiction you've got, you're not in control of, you suddenly start to take control. Because Mm. that's when you start to um, address the things that you can't control. But there's so much in your life that you can control. There are a lot of things you can't control, but there are some, there is a lot of things if you stand and look that you do have control over. You have control over going to work. You have control over your finances. So your whole life is not totally out of control. No. You have, you have control over your fun as you you were you were in con- totally in control last week yeah I yeah and we had such a laugh we had such a laugh you know and it was um, my 14 year old nephew came over as well actually um mm. my brother dropped him over and and he came and stayed the night with us and um we played a game called consequences and we just laughed we laughed so much that we had headaches all of us you know um and it, it's just we we miss when we drink we miss so much we miss all the beauty in life we miss out the fun um just just things pass us by we don't notice stuff um when we're sober when we're not drinking um we notice so much more and um you're in control we're in control and um yeah and i know we you know the one thing i do have control over is not drinking again not picking up another glass of alcohol um in fact there was one night actually they went in to get some red wine and jack said to me oh mum they've got some alcohol free red wine like you know red alcohol free he said you want some i went oh, okay then because I, I haven't drunk alcohol free for a long time but went oh, okay then and then the whole night i was completely paranoid that i was going to pick up there, red wine instead of my alcohol-free one. It was that yes. bad. I only had one glass, and then I just put it away and just have water because I just thought I can't. I don't even want to accidentally have have a mouthful because um, to me it's not another sip, no matter what. And that would have devastated me. I flicked my switch to off. Um, I fixed my off switch. It's now off. Yeah, it took a bit of work. It took a long. It took a bit of work. It took about seven years to get that switch to work <laughs> yeah. in the off position. And I am not going to flick that switch to on. Um, no. Hopefully as things open up more, I'll get to come over to the UK and visit with family. And that will be a huge test to me because uh, going over, everybody wants to socialise, everybody wants to get together. So, and do you know what? I, I'm not even worried about it. Mm. Too truthful. It's 
I'm not stressing. I mean, I remember going over before when I gave up drinking and I remember going over before and becoming extremely stressed about how I was going to cope with going out for a meal and things like that. Now, I'm not worried about going out for a meal. I'm going to go out for a meal. I'm going to enjoy myself. Yeah. It's changing that mindset, isn't it? Because now, actually, we're going out for a meal. Before, we used to be going out to drink alcohol. We might be having a meal with it, but the most important thing was the wine list. You know, that was the most important thing. You ordered your drink before you even ordered your food most of the time. And in a lot of places in the UK, you stand at the bar to order your food, and at the same time, you're ordering your drinks. Mm -hmm. So you've already gone Mm -hmm. through one drink before there's any food delivered to the table most of the time. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying tasting food as well. My, uh, my mm. taste buds have come alive big time uh, in that they love ice cream. So <laughs> I hadn't eaten <laughs> all of a sudden within the last two weeks. And I think some of it's caused by stress for something other than alcohol that I've got going mm. on. Um, yeah. Planning and stuff. So I reached... My moment of stress was reaching for a bowl of ice cream and I have thoroughly enjoyed it. And I don't feel guilty eating it because I'm thinking I'm not drinking calories. I'm actually eating calories now. And they're so much more enjoyable because, like, you know, they don't give me a hangover. A bowl of ice cream is not going to give me a hangover in a head. Yeah. So, yeah. But we're not pausing. Yeah. We're going to pause in a minute because. We're going to come into the station. You were about to say something. Sorry. What were you going to say just then? No, that's what I was just saying. That's the lovely, that's the best bit, isn't it? Waking up without a hangover. No matter what we do now, even if we think it's being a bit naughty, eating a bit of ice cream or a bit of calories, at least we can go, yeah, but hey, I'm sober and I'm not going to have a hangover in the morning. That's it. And we're going to pull into the station and pick up a very, very special guest who's going to ride the other half of our train. So we're going to grab a cup of tea, let the train stop at the station and let our special guest climb aboard and we will meet you back here in a little while. See you in a bit. Well, hello, Sober Town. We are back on the train. But when I say we, Karina dropped herself off the train and had other things to do. And I picked up a guest, the guest we told about. So here is our guest. Hello, Mr. Drifter. Hello, Polly. <laughs> Hello, Sobertown. Oh, I have been waiting for this one big time. And yeehaw. Yeah, yeehaw. <laughs> Someone of my friends likes that expression. But um, we are going to have a discussion about the podcast and the website, which has developed over the last almost three months. First, we will talk about the podcast and how fast the podcast has developed and grown. Can you believe it? We're just short of three months, Polly. I know. Just short of three I know. months. It's amazing. Um, June, June 2nd is going to be three months. So what do we got? Seven days a week? We're nine weeks into this. Or no, we're 11 weeks into this. How many downloads, episodes, et cetera, have we got up? We have 93 episodes. Who would have known? Um, We have, we're almost to 10,000 downloads. Boom. That's a lot. That means we're out there. uh, People are are listening and we're, we're talking about addiction. 
and we're bringing awareness and that's all we that's what we want to do bring awareness addiction sucks yeah that's the main topic is to bring um awareness to uh what tools are out there and this is just 11 11 weeks polly and you really can't even count the first three weeks technically because i mean that was started out i did the introduction on my phone and nobody even really knew it was even existing. We were just, I don't, it took a couple of weeks to even get the first interview with I must to start figuring it out. So and you've been on a huge learning curve because you didn't even know how to do these things. Did you? No, I, I, I had no idea. And I did. We started out on my phone. I've, I ended up buying uh, a $14 mic and then a $14 headset. And that's what I'm using right now. We're, mm-hmm. we are low budget and, <laughs> and we're off the cuff. I've, I've learned how to do some editing, not much editing, but I try to keep everything as real and as raw as, as we can unfiltered. These are people's lives. It's their stories. And if I do any editing, it's probably editing myself out from, uh, um, being too, I, I just don't want to be too intrusive when I'm talking with people, you know, so we just don't, we don't do a lot of editing period. And once the stories start flowing, we're learning not to interrupt, which is well, one of my biggest faults. Well, it's Polly, we don't, we have nothing. We have no education in doing interviews. Everything that we're learning is off the cuff. We're learning and we're both learning to let people tell their stories, more of them, less of us. And then we can have more of us like what we're doing right now when we're talking. Mm -hmm. And it looks like we have, there's last time I checked, uh, 17 countries have listened in and they, they redo that every month. So that goes back and forth. But the last two months um, we've had 17 countries on the last two months. So mm-hmm. that's really cool. It's garnering uh, a lot of interest. And these sober stories, so many people are tuning in and listening to these sober stories because something within someone's life story and how they got to the point of, I can't do this anymore. I can't go on like this anymore. Somewhere in that story, the backstory to that, they find something that resonates with them, that they suddenly realize they are not alone. Because they suddenly, someone is feeling something that someone else has felt or thought or done even. So they're not alone. And in some ways that gives comfort. But in other ways, it sends them on a path to their own discovery of their own story. Well, you know, before we get into this, to the sober stories. I want to talk about you and Karina. Polly (laughs) and Karina, two for one happy hour. We love it. We have fun. We enjoy it. You guys are amazing. And you're bringing all kinds of awareness. And this is the Polly Karina happy hour show right now that I'm just like taking over, right? Am I taking it over? Yeah, you take, we'll let you for this one time. (laughs) I just, I do. uh, Only for one time. I'm like a bull in a china cabinet. No, you're not. You're 
No, you're not. You're passionate is what I would say. You're passionate and through your journey to where you are today, you are passionate about making people aware of what is out there for them. Well, addiction sucks and I and I'm in the battle. I'm in the arena and we you are. and Polly are in the arena. <laughs> yes, Karina and I we are you did and Karina? share <laughs> you and yeah, me and Polly. <laughs> Me, myself, and I, <laughs> as we say. And I love Karina. Karina's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Karina's, she's probably off on her can as we speak, with a bit of luck, riding around the countryside. But I know. Karina and, and, and I. That's beautiful. And we were talking, she showed it to me yesterday. And uh, I, I said, that looks like, what I say? You actually gave her can its name. Yeah. You said it looked like a bumblebee. It does. From Transformers. So now she's going to ride around on bumblebee. And I think she's going to get some little transfers put on of bumblebees. And it looks, I mean, it's that sharp and cut up and it's just so clean looking. It looks like bumblebee transformed himself and just like made this ride just for Karina. And it's so strange because this year we've, Yellow has been such a, a predominant color within our community because we've had bumblebees and we've had sunflowers. So, you know, it, it, it seems appropriate that it's, it's a bumblebee. So, yeah, I mean, because yeah. I must is all about bees. Bumblebees, she, yes. And it's so funny because she carries uh, some syrup, syrup that to revive sure. bees. Look, who would know? I must is out there to give CPR to bees. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and she's giving, she's doing uh, follow-up interviews as well here on the podcast. And she is, and she does a follow-up, uh, and which she just did with rags, which was just amazing, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And um, rags went back and listened to her story before she did the follow-up with I must. And she was amazed at what she shared. She didn't realize what she'd shared, but it also gave her insight. What was it you said that? Uh, so let's, let's talk about that, Polly, about these stories, how they, yeah. they're not only affecting when you, we share them with everybody out there, but they're also um, the person that's sharing the story, and I've, I've talked about this a little bit with others, um, when they're sharing their story, that the 12 steps, we're not technically 12-steppers, no. but when you look at um, people sharing their stories on these podcasts, it's like they're doing a fourth and a fifth 12-step. Be because... They're going in, they're taking this inventory of themselves. Now, um, a lot of people are taking notes and stuff before they tell their stories now. So that, that's they're actually doing their fourth step by taking their notes. Then they're doing their fifth step publicly. How friggin' <laughs> scary is that? Coming it's out extremely. and telling what? <laughs> Which was, that's what you did, Polly. Yeah, Um I didn't realize, like you say, I didn't realize I was doing my fourth and fifth step because 
as you know, I went to AA, but I can't honestly say I was in AA because I wasn't actively doing the steps. I didn't have a sponsor. I went to AA and that's as much as I can say about it. But it wasn't until we talked and you said about these. We were talking I realized, the about Yeah, we were talking. Steps. Yeah. And it's suddenly, there it is. I did a search and and moral inventory of myself well, on read, air. Read, read the fourth and fifth steps. Do you have those handy? I, no, I just took them down again. I'll pull them back up again. So here you are. You keep talking and I'll do it. Here you are um, telling your story. And then you you were able to go back and listen to your story. But you wrote everything down. And then you told your story. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what the fourth and fifth steps tell us. Yeah, the fourth step is to make a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Well, when you tell your story, you're digging deep into yourself. You are. You really are. I mean, and I don't think when you're telling it, you realize what you've gone through. Um, And I still, I, I think I could honestly say that. So read the fifth step. The fifth step is to admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. So not did you just do it to <clears> God and to another human being. You did it to anybody that listens to Sobertown Yeah, I did it to Sobertown. And I didn't realize that at first. Well, um, actually, you're just realizing it today. <laughs> today with that, but there was, since sharing what got me to the point of, I can't do this anymore. I really don't want to live anymore. From that point onwards, sharing here, I've lost my train of thought as well. Let, let me um, let, let me do this, Polly. You told your story. You did your fourth yes. and fifth story. But yes. then you couldn't even come back and listen to that for no. three weeks. No, couldn't. Because I had a, a sense of euphoria after I'd shared it because it's almost like a, a lightning of the load. It's a lightning of the load and you feel freer all of a sudden. You've, you know, you've shared. But then all of a sudden you think, hang on a minute. What did I just put out there for everybody to hear? And you get this feeling of sadness that you've put it out there. I suppose so that's it's, a vulnerability hangover. hangover is what I call yes, it, right? yes. So you, but went, I couldn't. you started getting a lot of anxiety? No, I wouldn't say it was anxiety so much as, I suppose, I don't know how to describe the feeling. I was, I had the euphoria after sharing, obviously, because, you know, it was something totally that I hadn't done before, shared that much in one place. I mean, I've shared bits and pieces of my story, but never so the like, whole story. what the hell did yes. I just do? And then... You think, how will people look at it? I I suddenly started worrying about what other people would think, not so much what I would. Fear. Yeah, Yeah. fear. fear. Back to the fear factor again, which was the whole basis of my drinking was fear. And that only hit me when I had uh, was doing a podcast with Karina. Most people will know that listen to the hat to the two for one. She asked me a question and it just took my legs out from under me. And it was where I first, when I admitted the fear. So I think between the 
three weeks after divulging my story, when I listened to it and I was in a strange place, really, in that there was a sense of relief at having shared it. There was a sense of, um, I suppose, the 12 step carrying the message because the feedback I got from it was really, really good. There were people that said they, they recognized and resonated with some of the things I said. So there was my, some of my 12th step without realizing it at the time. Um, once so, I started getting So this that, is really your story. You told your story and people do fourth and fifth steps so that it, it's like a cleansing, right? Yeah. So, and a lot of times when they burn, when they finish uh, doing their fifth step, they burn it. And this is supposed to like expunge all that bad shit out of their lives. But with these podcasts is what happens. Can't burn in, it. <laughs> no, you can't. And is what you've done is you've gone back and listened. And I, I just realized this when Rags uh, was talking with I Must, that she has gone back and listened to her story. And she's like, I'm evaluating her, her story. And she's like, it's, it's helping her to evaluate where she's at right now. And did, have you been able to do that? Yeah, I think that's a good expression. That's a good way to describe it because here we go. The moral inventory, because that's the evaluation you're evaluating yourself. And um, yeah, I would say yes. And after I'd listened to it again, I still was unsure. And I was, I suppose I was in a period of uncertainty. I knew I wasn't going to drink. That was not an option um, because I realized I just don't want to drink anymore ever again. That wasn't an issue, uh, but it was the self-examination, I suppose, um, but to all That's the way the to where your, your breakdown, because you started crying when you and Karina were talking. That, that was it. That was that was, in some ways afterwards, it was extremely cathartic. Um, so I suppose from the time of sharing the story until the breakdown with Karina and afterwards, that was that was that whole step four and five. It went on over several weeks. Yeah, it didn't just end when it, you told no, the story on the no. podcast. No, it didn't. It went on over several weeks and it wasn't until I actually admitted to that fear and broke down that suddenly I started to feel better about myself because when you're in denial of something, you can't deal with it. Well, it, you're, if you're, you're digging, in denial, you're really, I was, you're really digging deep, Polly. <laughs> yes. And, I mean, here you are, you've had a husband die on you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just there's just so many. You drove past the same AA place for what 18 months? Yes, how long was that? 18 months, uh, a year and a half, had to and be. then right, and then you had all these things. So then you tell the story, then you go back and listen to it, and you're evaluating. And that's my point with these stories you're, you're helping a lot of people out there when you tell your story, then you get to go back and reevaluate yourself. Then here we are at another point where today we were talking and you're realizing that the 12 steps are like happening organically yes. in your life. And I didn't even realize it. You didn't even realize um, it. No. Um, 
all of a sudden, um, it's a tough week for me, but I just feel strong in facing it in a different kind of way in that I'm processing it differently because for the first time in 20 years, um, I am not, it's, it's wrong to say I'm not sad. I am not sad. Well, you like yourself today. Yes. And for the first time in 20 years, I am going to come through this week a lot better than I have done in a way that I feel proud of myself. So how do you feel knowing that you're, you're an organic 12 stepper? (laughs) It's actually, it's, it's wonderful. It really is. Isn't it? It it is. And I've just, I never say no to any, any information anyone feeds me. I will always go looking for new stuff because I'm always, you know, we're always learning new things. There's always something. And someone has just put in front of me the 12, uh, the 12, working through the 12 steps, the, the woman's way through the 12 steps, which is a totally different way of looking at the 12 steps. You look at them from a woman's point of view. And I am willing to look at you're that. A sec- you're a sexist. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Men are from Mars. <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> See, point made. <laughs> but no, I mean, and it, it's only talking, when you talk with someone who's, who's outside of you, like you are with me, you're outside looking in and I'm talking to you and you can see what I'm trying to say. And you're telling me something that hadn't occurred to me that I was organically doing the 12 steps. I noticed this earlier with the, the podcast that, in fact, I noticed it right away with IMUS that, um, wow, she did um, a force. She did a four step by th- just sorting it out in her mind what she was going to say. And then she did her fifth step publicly. Yes. Yeah. It's um, we are continually every day doing step 12. Read and- step 12. Read step 12 is having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. We tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice the principles in all our affairs. We are still carrying the message on a daily basis, but we're still continually doing the step. The the step 10, which we haven't mentioned, which is to continually take personal inventory. And that podcast also helped you yes. reflect and, and know that it's okay to do that. Yes. And one thing I've been saying in the last week is that all of a sudden, I like me. I, that's, I that's really, huge. I, I like me. Um, and if I'm happy with me, it reflects outwards in everything I say, I do. It, I, I bet Dan is happy when you're happy with you. Yeah, because I'm not grouchy at him. Then. <laughs> <laughs> what is it when the wife's not happy? No one's right. happy. <laughs> Boy, let me if tell the you wife's what. wife's not happy. <laughs> I want Mrs. Drifter happy. Yeah, if, if the wife's not happy, let's... <laughs> happy wife, off. happy life. Happy life, yes. But no, I mean, these podcasts and telling our stories and... Then coming back and doing the follow-up also 
Well, we haven't it's, done your follow-up. No, we haven't done my follow-up. We are actually doing my follow-up because... I guess we kind my, of are, huh? Yeah, this is my follow-up because we're talking about what happened to me after the share. And my follow-up has gone on for several weeks because we're 11 weeks into this. And I think I was like week two or three. So it's took, you know, I'm a slow learner. And at my age, I Oh, no, you're not. It. No, you're not, Holly. <laughs> you're a quick learner. You're mm. very intelligent. And um, I think we surprise but, ourselves with our with 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 how intelligent we are. And sobriety, sobriety is very difficult. Um, and look, yeah. just because um, I've created this podcast and we're uh, we're creating a website and it hasn't made everything just. I haven't ended up on a magic carpet ride. Looking all zen. Oh I'm no! Still, I'm still working through my. <laughs> if problems. we see you on your magic carpet, we're going to kick you off it. Right. That's, that's not Knock right. Me the hell, because that ain't me. No, it is. It's an ongoing. I, I have eleven and a half months sober. Doesn't mean I have it all worked out. This is this is a tough journey, Polly. And doing what you did with your story, and then you sorting the, all of this out for the last um, however many weeks it's been. You're you're finally getting to a place where you can say, I love myself. Or have you gone that far? I heard you like. I don't you love know? myself. I love I like I like who I'm becoming. Well, we still got um, three more weeks. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you there. <laughs> and it's not just it's it's picking pieces from other people that resonate. Um when you listen like to you the, say, the other podcast. Yes. And that's what other people are coming back to us, telling us that not the whole story resonates with some people. There are pieces within it that, that people can can hear and say, well, hang on a minute. Yeah, I remember that. I felt like that. That's how I felt that day. Or, yeah, this isn't easy. And it isn't easy. It It's just that for some reason this – I. I happened on the 3rd of June, 2020, I happened to be at the right place at the right time with the right mindset. And well, and I, I have think, never I been think more thankful. You happened to find the right app also. Yes, definitely. And it's a 20, I love AA. I am not going to knock AA because AA has been there since 1939 and it has served a lot of people. A lot of people have got sober with AA. But well, here's what we're doing at Sober Town. One hour a day was not enough for me and I could not get to continue. I couldn't do three or four meetings a day. I couldn't do it. It just wasn't possible with everything I had going on. So the community I found in I Which Am Sober 24-7. Yes, People from all around the world. So you can go on there 24 hours a day. Yes. And we're not, we're not doing, this isn't like, um, we're not doing a, an advertisement for IAS. We're just letting everybody know this app actually saved our lives. It's a tool within our toolbox. And there's, a, there's other ones out there like this naked mind, the people from that community. And, and I'm, I'm over there too, in that community uh, a little bit, not as much as in IAS, but these Sober communities, Polly, you know, I mean, we're getting, we're supposed to be talking about the podcast, but real quick, these sober communities, they're amazing. They're amazing. And if it wasn't for the sober communities, um, I don't, Sober Town podcast wouldn't even be created right now. And I'm 
probably still be sitting at my little desk, slamming uh, the poison, going into blackouts every friggin' day. Well, this naked mind is basically over here, isn't it? And I've just actually found one in the UK called Club Soda. Never heard of and, it. How to look at that? No, that's, that's a cool. new one. That's a new one. Club Soda, and, and is it's a community like IAS? It and- it it it's not quite like I am sober, but it's a place to go for resources. They do um, if you want to stop drinking, you can sign up for a course like you can with um, this Naked Mind, like with Annie Grace, with Annie 30, Grace, yeah, thirty yeah. day experiment. Well, this one is, it's not a 30 day experiment. It's um, you can take as long as you like, and it tells you how to journal let's your do, journey let's do and this. things like that. Let's go. When we get into resources, um, let's add this to our little discussion in resources. Yes. And um, these with the podcast though, um, these stories are really, I'm getting a lot of feedback because there's people walking or listening. They're having a tough day. Um, they may have some battles going on in their mind and they're listening to these stories, Polly, and they're um, they're getting through the day because they're listening to your strength and or who's ever Elaine, I must, Lilo, uh, Dad Life, whoever it may be, um, and they're getting strength from from your from these stories just to get them through that day, and I think that's huge. Yeah, it, they. These moments that you get the cravings or you wonder what you're going to do with your time and things like that, you can go to these podcasts and you can hear what other people have done, what they do, um, what motivates them, what gets them through that five, 10 minutes, whatever. And you can get ideas from it. And it, the feedback we're getting that from these people is that it's, it's all positive, I, I can't think that I've heard a negative comment come back. Have you? I, I you know, not really. I don't, <clears throat> I haven't even, yeah, I haven't seen anything really about it. It's, everything's positive on, on this. Um, and if there wasn't, there's so much, if there was, there's so many, there's so much positivity. I don't see anything negative at all in this. I just know that not only are these, stories changing my life they're changing other people's lives and it just all started Polly on that phone on March 2nd (laughs) and because I've been wanting to find a way to give back since I got before I even got sober I was like please Mm -hmm. God just get me sober because I used to work uh or um stay involved with men that were coming out of out of prison and I stayed involved with that ministry, just trying to show up. And um, that was my passion was, was men coming out of prison because I've been in and out of jails and prisons all my life. And when I started, before I even got sober, I wanted to give back. And then I got sober and I, right in the beginning, I was trying to find a way to give back. I went around those same um, communities, seeing it, and it just didn't fit anymore. I just didn't I didn't fit there anymore the way there's just been a lot of change in me since I got sober, since all my drinking and I got sober. And then um, I was like at a crossroads, Polly, because it's like, what am I going to do? And then I saw 
on the podcast on Podbeam, there was that button <laughs> and it's like <laughs> create your own podcast. <laughs> Boom, a light bulb went off and Silvertown was created. And so we've come a long ways since 11 weeks ago. And I am sober as a community, but Sobertown is becoming a community. And no one gets sober on their own. You need a community to help you get sober. Well, I spent the last the- three years, Polly, literally looking for some way, something that I could join or something. There was just no place that I knew of because I had no idea about these communities online. I just, no. I, I, I'm 57 years old. I hated, I hated um, the internet. I hate, hated social um, media. I you were anti- averse to it. You were very anti. I was anti. In fact, it, it's taken me a long time. Not only did I struggle getting out the alcohol, I had to struggle adapting to a social media platform in IAS. And that was difficult. And I was, I'm like the delete king. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I still delete shit. Yes. But, um, and that's because I've had such a hard time and I still deal with, um, I still, it still resonates with me. With uh, I'm getting better at it, but th- that's still in me. So but that's a healthy, that's a healthy respect for the internet because you can share, but you can also share too much. So, I mean, that's that's keeping a healthy behavior with it sort of thing, which is what Karina and I did. We talked about that. Um, well, it wasn't Karina, actually. It was Hound. I had a wonderful, wonderful podcast oh, with I, Hound. Man, I love <laughs> I love that podcast. I loved it. I love Hound. She is so and amazing. We, yeah. And we had a really good talk and about talk about that. a strong woman. Yes. Isn't she? Yeah, yes. I just absolutely love her to bits. Um, she's just, there's just something about she's, her character. She's, a, and I, she's buckets of fun. <laughs> buckets of fun. Yes, she is actually. <laughs> she's, um, she did, there's just something about her that. You guys will have to go I back and to, listen to that. Um, if you, if you didn't understand what I just meant by that, go and listen to Polly and Hound. <laughs> And then you'll, <laughs> you'll yes, understand. yes, you'll understand about the bull. And um, she, I, when I spoke, when I introduced it as one of the characters, because there are characters on the I Am Sober app, and some of them are now in our podcasts as well, because these are all people that are giving. It, it's their nature. It's what they are. It's like you. It's like me. It's like I must. Um, and they're fighting their asses off for their sobriety. Yes. We're all fighting the same fight. We're Look all, at Lilo, as you call it, in the arena. Lilo, Reese, he, if you listen to his story, he, he, re, he went back to day zero for two years. Yes. Um, tea lover, 70 days in a row, she reset, publicly reset. And, but um, they fought their asses off because this is what they really wanted. They wanted to have a sober life. And I don't know about you, but I have never been happier. Yeah, I'm, I, life is good. Life is good. It's not perfect. Every day is not perfect. It's, you know, we, we still deal with the same kind of, excuse my French, shite on a daily basis. But there's something about being sober and dealing with it with a clear head that makes it much more manageable. It's not, 
the 12 steps again. We're not out of control. Well, I just think that is amazing, Polly, that um, we can look at these podcasts and um, then examine our lives and find out that even though we're not doing the 12 steps, step one, step two, everything in order, because people are going on IAS and they're finding different paths that, that work for them to get sober, things that mm-hmm. fit. But when you look back and you examine your life, you can actually see those steps in your life. And I just think that's badass. Um, well, step one, my life is no longer unmanageable. No. My life is manageable. So I was just looking at that thinking, well, I did step one. Oh, yeah. yeah. You as know, you um, did that step as you were walking around that lake. Oh, my thinking, God. Is this all I have? Yes. Yeah. Um, And you were the same way. You said you drove, you couldn't find anywhere. Well, I I knew knew my life was unmanageable and I couldn't friggin' stop. Mm -hmm. I could not stop. There was just, without IAS, me finding that app, Polly, I would not be here today. And I don't even know because every day I was thinking suicide. I don't even know if I'd be here. This is a year later. This is us taking control. We've done step one. We've took control back. We we are in control of our lives. This is my life. This, this is, is my life. We mind. are in control. And I'm not going to let a substance dictate my life to me anymore. I'm done with it. It's uh, I'm taking control. I'm building new pathways in my mind, Polly. And then, so, you know what? We got to get to the website, but I need some freaking copy. Can we? Get some coffee. Yeah, I, that sounds like a good idea. And what it might be interested to do is now we've talked about this is to do some follow ups or the follow ups and see what other people have discovered about themselves. Like um, Rags said, um, it would be nice to do. I might do a follow up with I must and see how she feels. Yeah, this is the beauty of Sober Town. We're evolving. And we can do anything that we want to do and um, get whatever information that we want to get out there and evolve it. There's, we're not set in stone anyway. This podcast is going to be just as crazy as I am. And we're going to go anywhere that life takes us and whatever journey to where we need to go. And we're going to share that except my manic. I'm not going to share <laughs> me going manic with everybody no. because when I go manic and, and, and share it, I found out that I can make uh, other people follow me and nothing worse than have a herd of Maddox out there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh God, Struz. But Let me get some coffee. Yeah. And um, we don't have a format, as people can tell listening. We did have some bullet points, but, you know, we may as well throw those behind us. But well, we do have a format. <laughs> in we, we'll get to our bullet points <laughs> after I get some damn coffee. We'll do our website in a minute. All right. I'm going to go and get a cup of tea. Okay, you have your coffee. I have my cup of tea. Yeah, your tea, which you make really, you guys are like really, um, how you make your tea, it's got to be done a certain way, right? If you tell me you microwave your water for your tea or you microwave your tea, that's it. We will no longer be friends because there's (laughs) there's no microwaving your tea tea bag so many times. No. My tea gets made in a proper teapot. Oh, and so brewed. you got to have it in a teapot. 
Oh, yes. And how long do you brew it for? Uh, probably about four minutes or so. It oh, four on how minutes. Strong. Yes. <laughs> Okay. And it goes under the tea cozy to keep it warm. So it Well, just, I've evolved with my coffee. You've evolved. Yeah, I've gone doing? back to instant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, reverted. <laughs> I microwave my water. Yeah. I use instant tea. <laughs> and I've been putting a little bit of cream and sugar in there now. Yeah. Make it a little kind of foo-foo. <laughs> Next, you'll be having one of those fancy Starbucks coffees with all the, I don't know. How do people remember what to say when they go to Starbucks? And I don't know, but I, I do. Coffees? I like having one once in a while, but I'm really like tight with my money. So it's expensive, tight with our money. And look what we spent it on for years and years and years. How much did we spend? Well, I don't know, but I do know that um, with my money, I got Jamie her engagement ring 16 years late that's where my money went <laughs> better late than never and Hell now yeah. what have you just bought her you bought her a computer yeah yeah and yes. i gotta borrow it to use it. Yeah, that's it and on this nice new computer you are building well we have one of our sober sisters who has built a website yeah tell us about her elaine eastguy Elaine built the built the website to uh, accommodate the sober town uh, wall of fame, uh, the pins, the blogs. She built the website uh -huh. for the podcast, and yeah. then we've added everything in. And Elaine has champ. She's Champion Creatives. That's her. Her, her website, and that's what she does. Elaine builds web, websites. And when, I mean, I was only into this a couple, a few weeks, and Elaine offered to build the website for Sober Talent Podcast. And, and Polly, not only has Elaine built the website for us, she is training us. I don't even know how many hours of videos that she's training videos she's done for me and Mrs. Drifter and so it, that we can not only work inside the website and learn how to develop, you know, the wall of fame, the blogs um, and everything else, but also how to build a super highway for uh, to direct traffic into the website, which uh, Mrs. Drifter has been working on. Yeah. And Elaine is doing all this as her way of paying it forward and paying it back. It's her way of doing her 12th step in a way. When we talk there about is the no steps. telling how many people uh, by this generous act that Elaine has done, how many people she is going to touch in the end. Who knows? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so talking of the website, you now have this nice new computer for Mrs. Drifter. And she works really hard on this website. She does. She does the, she puts all the wall of fame together. All the well, first of all, she does every, every episode that's created on um, Podbeam has to be manually put into the website. There is there are two different places. So just on Podbeam alone, we're almost at 10,000 um, downloads. Yeah. Here on the here on the 
the website, I have no idea how many episodes anybody's listened to. So who knows where we're at technically with who's listened to what as far and as my un- yeah. My understanding is Elaine can see how much traffic we've got coming through the website. She she can, and we can we can do that through uh th- through the score space and the analytics for uh the website, Elaine tells me that they're just off the charts really well, really good. Normally a person will spend two to three minutes in a website and then they're out. They're somewhere else. And the analytics on the Silvertown podcast are huge. People are coming in, they're staying, they're learning, they're listening, and we're making a difference. It's really, really cool what the analytics are. One of the, I mean, we've talked about the podcast. The podcasts are actually on Podbeam and they're on the website. But another thing within the website that is a huge teacher for people are the blogs that have been created. So much education and information in those blogs that have been created by another sober mem- by another uh, sober warrior of ours. And they've put in a lot of time, thought and effort into these blogs. Yes. And then um, one of the individuals is a real introvert and he's asked me just to like keep his name out of everything so much he's just like he's just a quiet warrior who fights in the background and this man is amazing i just have he's he's young um he's old enough he could be my son and i'm just so very proud of him and what he's doing and um who knows i i haven't really got with him today but um his wife they're going to be having a child in the next day or two. Um, And he's just amazing. He's built, um, he's given all the silver toolboxes, which are amazing here. Let me name. He's got the introduction to what a silver toolbox is. Mind and growth uh, mindset, growth and fixed, which is just an amazing blog on its own. Drinker versus non-drinker spatial association. One day at a time. Mindset, positive or negative, accountability, sober superheroes, dear me, the five ways. Those are uh, some of his blogs. And then he has another section that are discussions. If it wires, if it fires together, it wires together. Reasons for relapse, expectations, the house that built sober. And then he's doing another one. Holly, or he's going to go through and he's done his first one already, your body on booze. So when you take a drink, he's already done one on the mouth. What happens in the mouth when you take that drink? And then he's going to go through uh, slowly putting these these blogs up of how alcohol um affects your body as it goes through your body. And I'm sure he'll be talking about how it affects the different organs. And this man is just amazing. And what he's also done is you can read the blogs, but he's also doing them in audio as well. So anyone who struggles with, with that, they are in audio. And I think the one blog he did that is so many people have loved is the one that if it fires together, it wires together. It totally explains the addiction and what you have to do in order to 
get yourself out of addiction, your mind. That, that is found on episode 60. Yeah. So underneath, if you come into the, uh, the website, you'll be able to click on, say, if it's wired together it's, and it fires together, you'll see underneath the picture, if he's done um, the audio, if he's narrated it, it'll tell you where you can find that in our um in our and library all the, yeah and all the feedbacks um and the people's comments on these blogs are so positive people are loving these they're loving getting the um the toolboxes and you just got to go to the bottom of the toolboxes and see comments um from people who are, lit, are reading and um Look, these, aren't, these, aren't just, be... these aren't just thoughts and opinions. Um, no. These, these are researched with facts uh, He's, in, inside these. Yeah, he puts all where he got his research, where he did his research, got his facts from, etc. So it's all there for people to go and do their own research, if they so wish, to verify these things. So um, he's, he's another one like you who's passionate um, about educating people in um, coming off whatever addict, whatever their addiction is. So, um, Oh, he's and- passionate about giving back. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just blessed that he's part of, we have such an amazing team on this, on this uh, website. Uh, like the podcast has the amazing team of you and Polly and I must, and everybody else who helps over there. And uh, then we have over here on the website, it's uh it's Elaine. Uh, she has all the administration um, authorities, and so does Todd, myself, and Mrs. Drifter. <clears throat> and it's just an, and then also with the podcast, we have um, a Weeby who just put up uh, a kid's toolbox recently, and she's going to be building a toolbox for kids. And right now she has one up helping your child develop social learning, social emotional learning skills. So we just have so many people contributing to this website with just amazing, amazing, um, you know, uh, data. And it's things that they've discovered along their way that have meant a lot to them that and it's how they've educated themselves in sobriety, uh, looking for different tools to help. And all of a sudden you think, well, hang on a minute, why is this not out there? So they are taking it upon themselves to take their own time to pass on their knowledge to someone else in the hope that it helps someone else. Yeah, their content is just amazing. Um, Not only does Iwibi write the stuff, she is using it with her kids that she teaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, this is stuff that she's putting to practical use and, the, and she's sharing it with us. It's just amazing. Then we um, have the wall of fame. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. This is a way that you and Mrs. Drifter have got of preserving people people's uh, posts that are so meaningful. Like we say, these are people giving back to help others. So the wall of fame, I love it. Um, Because you read stories within 
when they're not stories. You read people's thoughts, etc., within the I am sober. And if you don't stay on top of it, you miss it. it you can't save these things to you for yourself unless you screenshot, which is not the best. So to go to one place and find these very inspirational posts that people have put is it, it's it's mind boggling. It really is. It's it's absolutely fabulous. I love it. The minds in IAS is they're just amazing. The people that are the, the, I saw a long time ago these posts that people were putting, I'm like, man, this stuff needs to be preserved. These, this is so good. It's so deep. And um, they give you an insight of uh, how to fight in your recovery and what, how other people were fighting recovering and their thoughts of recovery. And they're just badass. I mean, Dr. Hound, she's a friggin' force of her own. And I'm going to have to build. She's not just a one hit wonder. Um, Polly, she's like, it's like post after post where we're just going to have to make a, her own friggin' page that people go, can go to and see the stuff that she creates. Her last one was, I got my own back. Mm -hmm. and, and I loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. And she has a way of writing that you can visualize what she's talking about when she was describing the caterpillar. And the chrysalis and things like that. You, it just totally, you, I'm a visual person and I love to picture what I'm reading. I'm dreadful. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we have, we have, um, we have peace, peace one. We have mm -hmm. uh, KDOC, we have uh, fresh, we have. So, you know, you, you're in here. Tea lover. Mm -hmm. Oh, tea lover. I, I love tea lovers. The fuck it button. I love oh. it. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, because uh, we discussed that. I read that the one time when we were doing a podcast because I just thought the fuck it button was just, it described exactly what people feel like when, you know, the emotions take over because we are emotional drinkers. It's a good day. It's yeah, and JR55. Yes. Man, JR55 is a friggin' blast on the app. And <laughs> she's from down under and she is just a friggin'. And She's a friggin' sober warrior. All of yes. these people are sober warriors. They're fighting their asses off to get sober. And I'm just, I'm just honored that we have somewhere where we can put their content uh, of their thoughts and, and, and how they feel. And this is the work that Mrs. Drifter is doing uh, on a daily basis. And if you, if you, if you just hover over one of these posts that are on the wall of fame, you can save it as a, it's on Pinterest. You know, you can save it to your Pinterest um, because she's been working on getting these, uh, these pins going, hasn't she? This is Pinterest. part of the super highway. Um, yeah. Because Pinterest is a huge super highway and pins direct people to websites. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. And us getting these pins out and sharing them is part of what's bringing people to, the Silvertown uh, podcast.com. And she's in there and she's creating these pins and it's art really what she's doing. Yes. And she's, she's loving it. And these Polly, these stories are changing Mrs. Drifter. She's got her own story and we'll let her tell it, but it's, she's decided to come out of the shadows with her story. And a lot of this has to do with her reading these posts because she's got to read them and 
bring them over and uh, uh, put the build the pins for them and everything else. And she reads. She builds. Wants. She does the artwork as well, doesn't she? On she finds mm-hmm. she finds the artwork and um, she puts everything together. And so everybody's pulse has had a pretty profound effect on her. Where in the, when I first got sober, <clears throat> just, hey, you go do your thing and just let me do my thing. And now she's all in. Now she's like, it's okay, team, you know what? yeah, team drifter, team drifter. Now she's not and, here just because I'm asking her to be. She's here because she wants to be. That's it. And I did um, have a word with her the one time, and I said I like the wall because the wall is so imperfect, which absolutely suits us because we're not perfect. We're human, and we're talking that's about what I love. brick wall. The brick is wall, the background. yes. Yes, I love it. It's it's imperfectly perfect. And that was her idea too. Yeah, it that's what I said. I love it. And because it's dinged and it's dented and it's it's not quite in sync, which is like the rest of us, because most of us drank because we weren't in sync. We we um I did a post about misfits and we found most people who drink feel like they're a misfit and these communities help us find a place where we can fit the um, podcasts, the sober town website, everything that we're doing. It's a place for people to come and feel at home. And see, here's the beauty of this Polly. It's just not all me. This is this is a village. This is everybody contributing to to the podcast and and the website. And not only do we have a few people now, I'm trying to bring in more people so we have a variety of more content. Because inside this website, well, let's go on to the before and after, Polly. Let's go into the and then I'll talk about that in a minute. Go on. So we have the before and afters. They're badass. The tattoos and the before and after photos, yes. Yeah, the the before and afters are just, and we have a lady here uh, that just gave us her pictures. She'd given to me a long time ago, but I just barely talked to her about putting them up. And she's from Scotland. And her liver damage was so severe that um, she only had a 12% chance of living. And her, she just had... uh, 350 days. She's so she's almost to a year and her before and after picture is just insane. Oh my gosh. Um, from where she was to where she is now. I mean, she's just, you can see the liver. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You're just like, wow. Alcohol did that. I mean, I just, when I first saw them, I was like blown away and she's just beautiful now and she's glowing and she's a Scottish lady. Don't mess with this lady. She'll, she'll whip your ass. <laughs> it really is an astounding change. It is. You know, it, and it then really look is. at dad life. Look at, Oh my God. Oh dad my life. gosh. Is it, yes. Are you looking at that? Yeah. Dad, I've got it. Yeah, I've got it just, oh my gosh. This guy's just, Look how healthy he looks. But look how happy he looks. He does. The whole of his face. I mean, the, the, uh, his eyes, his skin, and his smile. It's just unbelievable. I mean, th- that is a healthy face now. 
Yes. And, that is and, a really healthy face and, and a happy that, one. Everybody that has contributed to these before and afters are, they're either um, from IAS, for, from uh, This Naked Mind, or from the, uh, the few sober communities that Mrs. Drifter does on Facebook. And that's where these before and after pictures came from. And then let's go over to the tattoos because these tattoos are just so <laughs> badass. Oh my like gosh. This one lady that has the serenity prayer. There's two ladies that have the serenity prayer down the sides of their, their, uh, their side. Torso, yeah. Their torso. And have you ever like, that's such a sensitive area to get a tattoo. Cause there's a lot of bone there. There's not, there's not a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of nerves that just yes. um, are very tender and they, you know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And that's tattooed down the whole side of two ladies uh, sides. Mm -hmm. Just amazing down their torsos. And I like just, the poison bottle personally. <laughs> now there's a story behind that one. This, this uh, she had broken her wrist when she'd fallen down and um, that's how that, that happened. So everybody sent us their tattoos and they have stories behind these tattoos and they've sent them to us too. So it's, it's really, really cool. A lot of people get these tattoos on either their one year anniversary or when they are totally committed to their sobriety. You know, as a I, celebration. You can't really see it now. I had Jamie. Uh, she was on my chest. And then we got in a fight one time. And then in red, I put void over the top of her name. <laughs> so what are you doing for your 12 months? And you're going to unvoid her? <laughs> well, no, you can't really see it anymore. But I, no. I, I'm thinking about maybe um, putting her name uh, better than ever before. And now I'm thinking, hey, I, I want to get these silver tattoos are so cool. I'm thinking about what I want to get now. And I just. That's it. Because on the three month anniversary of the start of this. Is a special day for you. It is. As we celebrate the three month anniversary of Sobertown. It will be your 12 month. It, it will. And it's exciting and stuff. But when I have 10 years. Uh, then I'm really going to be as exciting because I've got to go back and beat. I've already been sober nine years, um, but this time is a lot different. And I've really given this a lot of thought. When I get to 10 years, then you'll, you'll see fireworks uh, coming out of the skies of Glendale, Arizona. Um, I say to my, as you know, we run these, we, well, we don't run them. They run themselves, these ladies. They are wonderful ladies. We've got these groups. And, someone say, and when someone says, I've only got, I say, there is no only. Every 24 hours that you stay sober is a victory. So there's never, it's not, oh, I've only got a week. That is a week without a drink. That is humongous. It is one day, Polly. One, one day, day is, huge. is victory. Because and when it comes you know, down to it, all of us, we're all we have is today, right now, the moment. Take this moment and make a memory. That's and it. Don't, don't let the destruction ruin your life anymore, period. And speaking of the website, what have you got for future developments on the website? Okay, so people? Um, 
let's get into the resources part. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, I'm trying to build it. Um, I'm, uh, our good friend Calico has sent me all kinds of information to, to get up here because he, he loves the 12 steps and he's so graceful when he shares the 12 mm-hmm. steps. Um, and so I want, I'm going to have like part of the resources dedicated just to the 12 steps, maybe um, some to advert recovery. The, all the different recoveries are going to be in the resources. Yeah. Right, right now we do have sobriety, all the sobriety podcasts are listed in, in the resources, which is this naked mind. Annie Grace is the friggin' bomb. She's the one who saved my ass with her quitlick book, This Naked Mind. And then they, and then there's the this, this Naked Mind community. Um, of course, there's us, the Sobertown Podcast, Recovery mm-hmm. Elevator, the Happy Sober Podcast. Over all the, all these podcasts are in this um, in our resources. And then um, we have books with links yes. that will take you right to Amazon if you want to buy them. Um, we have all these different uh, places where, and it's just going to, we're going to build these resources and build these resources to where whatever you need to get sober, you can find it here and go, go to wherever you need to go to, to, um, to get more information about it. We're going to have links, uh, the books, and then um, we're going to be building uh, Slim Jim decided that he just built the last couple of days, built himself. And if anybody knows who Slim Jim is, he's my son and he just got back under our roof and our home is basically like 24 seven recovery. Um, you, you step into my home and you're going to uh, get some osmosis going on, Polly. And um, he, he just built a youth page on Facebook and he's going to create a podcast for youth and we're going to find a place, build him a page where the youth can come in and listen to their own podcast, just specifically tailored for them. Yeah, because uh, I was long in the tooth. Well, I was long in the tooth when I started drinking, but I was even longer in the tooth when I stopped. <laughs> so um, I think with the culture we're breeding today, we need to have the message going out there to the younger generation. Well, well Polly, anyway, they're, just, they're just not dealing with, uh, I mean, they've got a lot to deal with. They're dealing with yeah. alcohol. They're dealing with heroin. They're dealing with this new marijuana that's off the charts. I, I, what they have nowadays, I can't even comprehend. I, we used to smoke that old dirt weed and shit, you know? Yeah. Now they have stuff that you can smell two miles away that's just freaking so powerful. Um, it makes hashish look like something from the past. Um, then they have all the synthetic drugs out there, like um, the bath salts where people were taking those and then turning into zombies and literally chewing other people's faces off. I mean, how friggin' crazy... The youth today, the um, the drugs that they're up against is it's they need their own content and they need to not learn how to to be able to fight back. Yeah, because I mean, one of the biggest things is the um, the mom and dad's medicine cabinet nowadays with all the painkillers and the stuff that's in there. That's how a lot of kids start. 
As you it know what, Polly, that's, that's a whole nother part right there yeah. because um, legal prescriptions. Yeah. Look, look how many people have died of opiates because of legal, legal prescriptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, 3 million people die a year just of alcohol alone. Right. So then we get into the opiates and, and fentanyl. I mean, fentanyl is just wreaking havoc in America right now. And I just put a post up today about Toby Mac's son. Yeah. What, here's Toby Mac. He's, he's uh, a gospel singer or a Christian rock. Uh, he's a, he's a songwriter and a singer. Uh, Toby Mac is just an amazing man. And then I think it was January 27, 2020. I mean, his son died, died of OD off fentanyl and amphetamines. So, so addiction doesn't, it's a re, not a respecter of persons. It doesn't care who you are. It wants to take your life. And I don't care if it's alcohol or whatever else. Addiction kills, mm-hmm. Polly. And, it does, and it's not a respecter of persons at all. Yeah, I mean, it crosses all barriers, doesn't it? It does. And that's, um, so let's look at this, alcohol, Polly. You're, you're, you have a nice home. You're, uh, you've been a professional all your life. Um, but behind your walls, nobody knew, Polly, what was going on in your life, did they? No. I mean, even my children were surprised when I told them because they didn't see it because it was, you know, it was kept quiet. Polly, you're the unseen. <laughs> all of us are. I mean, how many of us? I mean, we listen to some of these well, stories. I, I'm looking now, stories. Polly, because I've always been around the homeless and the criminals all my life thinking that they were the ones they're they're the ones that are are suffering and i'm finding out i was so wrong i believe the homeless and and the criminals are the minority and it's everybody behind these nice walls and these nice Mm -hmm. homes yes living secret lives that nobody knows about i think it's a perception isn't it because you always thought the alcoholic was the guy who was um on the street with a little brown paper bag. Yeah, I don't um, have a problem because I'm not him, right? No, and um, I haven't lost my home. I haven't lost, I never lost my job. Um, I've got enough food in the cupboard. My bills are paid. I get up in the morning and do what I've got to do. I'm a functioning alcoholic. You know, I'm not the guy on the, I'm not the little old lady pushing a um, Walmart trolley with all her belongings in it down the road. You know, I'm fine. I drive my car. But you're not fine. No. And if anybody listens to like Nora whining, her her podcast, she was uh, going to church, functionally going to church, going into their bathroom and puking her guts out. Mm-hmm. And I know within the Christian, look, I even hit out, hit out the last nine years of my drinking. Well, eventually it drove me. I couldn't even go to church because I couldn't look at myself, let alone try to look at God. You know what I mean? Um, because I was so, I just, you know, hated myself. Mm-hmm. But um, there's so many people you that are functioning. And I even became a functioning drunk this last nine years that I was drinking. Yeah, because you held down a job, you paid your bills, the roof stayed over your head. You know, everything went on. The only thing that was dying around you was you. <laughs> Well, and I hadn't been caught yet because there were mornings I was going to work that I shouldn't have even been driving. I can say exactly the same thing because a guy would say for the last couple of years I was drinking. 
Well, especially that last year I was drinking, I was probably never sober. I even All had I was doing app. was topping up. I even had an app that would tell me my blood alcohol content and when it was safe to drive. <laughs> you know? uh, we, we look for any and, well, we used to. We don't do it anymore. Look for any and all resources that would help us keep drinking and function on a daily basis. Yes. It's sad, really, when we think about it, but we had to go through that to get to where we got to in order to get to where we are now. And so, Polly, that's pretty much how much time the podcasts and the the website. That's what we're doing. We're growing. We're going to be bringing people in from other communities uh, that I'm in contact with. Um, Sober Town Podcast is growing. We're, we're a village and a lot of people are giving back and it's very, very, very exciting. And I think one of the biggest excitements for me today is seeing you learn <laughs> that the 12 steps steps. Oh are, yeah. Or just organically developing in your life. Every time I do a podcast, I have this awakening almost just like, Whoa, hang on. Where did that come from? You know, and yes, I have done step one because my life wasn't. I admitted I was in an unmanageable place. So, yes. Um, it's, just, people... it's just a perfect, this is just a perfect example. Look, just get in. Get, get yes. off the alcohol. Get in to where whatever community works for you, IAS, um, This Naked Mind, whatever community, get around like-minded people. You don't have to work a perfect program. Get off the alcohol, start working on yourself. And when you look back, and it doesn't matter, I swear to God, Polly, it doesn't matter which, uh, what, what you're doing, the 12 steps or whatever, just get sober, start working on yourself. These things will organically develop, right? Yeah, it's taking that first step and getting, getting like you say, getting off the alcohol, once you are off the alcohol and your mind starts functioning again, because you don't function when you're on the alcohol. So once your mind starts functioning again and you can start looking into your sobriety, that's when the work starts on you. You have yourself. to get off the drugs or alcohol yes. before anything begins. But you have to you have to get off them for yourself. This is this is your well, that's journey. what we're talking Don't, about. Yeah. You have to get off them for yourself. This isn't this isn't for anybody else, but for you. You have to want to get off that poison. You have to do the work, dig the deep. And this has been a journey for me this 12 months, almost 12 months. And the discoveries within the last part of this 12 months, in the last um, since we've been doing this, has been an education for me. I mean, I would say for nine months almost, I just went through enjoying being sober. Hey, look, what now I'm working what, on why I got sober and what was the reasons? Right. <laughs> look, I would like to talk about. Let's let's take a break and just come back for a minute because mm -hmm. I would like to mention two things. Okay. I would like to mention because I'm I'm reading a lot about this. I want to mention talk a little bit about sitting and shit, and I want to talk a little bit about. Mm -hmm 
There's a lot of lonely people out there, and I want to talk yes. about that real quick. Okay, then let's take a pause and come back in a minute then. Okay. Okay, Polly, we're back, and like I do, I really want to talk about, well, let's do this. Let's talk about the people that are lonely first, okay? Okay. Because there's a lot of people out there, and their partners aren't on board with them, and they feel really alone in their recovery, right? Okay, yeah. And there's some people out there right now that they're, they're sitting at home and all their friends are still out partying and they feel like, Oh my God, I'm not with my friends anymore. And every life is leaving me behind and everybody's having so much fun. And this is what I would like to say to those people. Stay, don't drink, stay sober and start digging deep in your recovery because there's a special place that you can find to where it doesn't matter where other people are, you're going to be happy with yourself. Wherever you are, you're going to be happy and you're going to be content. And is what's going to happen, Polly, is when you when we get to that special place where you're happy with yourself, it automatically attracts people. They're like, and for a while, they may be outside looking and going, what, what does that person have? You know, and you're going to attract people to you. And it's, and these people are, are, you're going to change their lives. If you just, the partying and what everybody's doing is just a lie. They're, look, they're not having m- that much fun. They're waking up tomorrow morning and they're wanting to die. What's fun about that? Yeah. What's fun about having your head down the toilet? <laughs> Or be like Elaine, curled up next to the toilet, the porcelain throne, crying your eyes out because you're sick of living this way. That's what it leads to. That's it. But if you just dig in and just just stay, just keep focusing, try not to let those are distractions. And it's really not that fun. Why? If it was that fun, you would have never came here in the first place. Right. And then for the for the for the people that their spouses aren't on board right now, just keep doing what you're doing. Eventually, um, eventually your spouse just, they can't ignore you and they can't ignore what's going on because it sobriety is contagious. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you just keep plodding along, eventually look, it's been a year. Um, Mrs. Drifter, I'm just going to use myself as an example. Mrs. Drifter didn't want to really be any part of the recovery. You just go do your thing and I'll do my thing. I've got my recovery. You got yours, but, um, I've really dug into it. And then that's what I did. I let her do her own thing and I did mine. And then she got involved with the website and now all of a sudden she's all in, right? Because sobriety, when you really watch it and you, um, examine it, you see that it's a, it's a fight worth having and you will draw people in and you won't be lonely. First of all, when you reach that special place where you can be your uh, comfortable in your own skin and love yourself, you don't need anybody else, Polly. And then everything after that is a bonus. She, she had, uh, she's in with you for all in now doing the website. Um, 
uploading things to the website and that. But you had to build trust with her again because like with my dad, he rolled his eyes too many times at me every time I said I was going for wine, that he had to believe that I was doing this. But I was well, here, doing this. Here's how that struggle came, Polly, because she didn't know who this new person was. All of a sudden, I'm sobering up and she's telling me, well, this is this is what you always say. And I, I'm and I'm like, I had to backstab and I'm like, sweetheart, I'm not that I'm changing. I'm, I'm evolving. I'm not that person anymore. We can't. That's really not me right now. This is who I am. So she's really had to get to know me all over again from being sober before the nine years of drinking, because then new opinions were formed. And so here is another season where she's got to get and to know me again. And that's the same with you and Dan. Yeah. And also um, you do this, you're doing this for you this time. It's totally different to any anything you've done before. This is your recovery. Mrs. Drifter has come on board now because she's getting involved. She had her own, you had your own. But you did this for you because you were a zombie. I did this for me because my life was just, it was nothing. It was nothing. So I haven't, I'm not doing this for anybody else. I'm doing this for me. That's how you started that, yes, that but you, I mean, it'll been, expand. It'll expand. Been, it's evolved and it will evolve for all of us because you yeah. started out doing it for you. Mm-hmm. And now is you've evolved to where you're okay with you now. And now you want to give back. Yeah. I mean, people who say, well, I'm, well, I'm getting, I'm getting sober for my partner. No, you get sober for yourself first. Well, you know what? If that gets them into the rooms, and, yeah. and that's okay with me. I don't care yeah. how you get here. And if, if it takes time to learn that they need to do that for themselves, fine. But I don't but give like a shit how anybody does it. Just get here, right? Yeah. And um, it's, it's saying I'm getting sober for my partner. Like you say, I suppose it doesn't matter which way you get into the rooms, but you have to eventually get sober for yourself. Yeah. So that, that, I think that's what I was trying to say is you've got to get sober for yourself before you can do anything else. And now. Well, let me use an example is, on that, Polly, because I was sober nine years. I got yeah. out of prison. I was sober nine years. Here's what I didn't do. I never focused on me because all of my focus was on the guys coming out of prison that, that I was uh, interacting with. So I never focused on me. Right. So here I am, nine years of focusing on everybody else, not me. And then the day came where when my brother died, I had no foundation. And you know what I did? I picked up that drink. Yeah. So you have to do it for you. You're right. Because you won't build a foundation if you don't. And what you've done this time is you've gone through all this education. You educated yourself right from day one. I started looking for resources before I even sobered up. I was looking to see what was out there. Um, and now, God bless the pandemic in a way, the resources are endless for anybody who wants to get sober now. 24-7, it doesn't matter what time zone you're in, what part of the world you're in, you can find resources 24-7 now. 
And that's the best part about it. Yes. So I've, I have so enjoyed this. I really have. So let's talk about the last mm-hmm. thing. Go ahead. We close out. And that's sitting in it. <laughs> and this has become something that's really I've focused on because you hear, you hear this uh, spread around like people are, you know, it's all with good intent, right? Just mm-hmm. relax, just uh, sit with it and you're going to be okay. Well, sitting with stuff is okay. If you're trained how, how to sit in stuff like meditation, you're yeah. trained, Paula, you're I trained sit, yeah. to, to meditate. Did yeah. you sitting meditating ever get you off alcohol? No, because <laughs> all sitting and meditating did was calm me down. <laughs> it calmed you down, but, but you still weren't. No, okay, I was still is, drinking. When you get a craving, you are under attack. Your mind is attacking you. Mm-hmm. Your mind is, is, is um, setting your emotions on fire. Your brain is burning up. Your, your anxieties are through the roof. When you have a craving, you're being attacked full force. If somebody's coming up and kicking my ass, I'm not going to curl up in a ball and wait for them to kick in my ribs and kick my face in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get up and defend myself. There's techniques out there that when you get under attack and your brain starts attacking you, like a lot of people use diversion. They'll go work out and until like hound, what hound get on that bike? How many hours? The bike. Oh my God, about six, six or seven hours. She rode that bike for, but you can't get on that bike every day for six and seven hours. No. So what's hound done after that is she's found ways to get through those cravings without saran wrap and a bike, right? Yes. Because <laughs> she put saran wrap over the friggin' glass. That was just, drink. that was, that was funny, that one. I mean, so look, that was, that was badass, that was, that was badass. Was. And so there's, there's techniques out there for me, when the cravings hit me, I don't sit in anything. I'm under attack and I'm going to attack my mind back. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's, first of all, you have to become aware. Okay shit, I'm being attacked. Okay. I'm aware of it. I'm being attacked. Then, um, you clarify it. Wow, man, I'm pissed off. My emotions are through the roof. I'm, I'm agitated. I got all these friggin' thoughts in my mind. Yeah. They're a drinking. Just take, you just got to examine and clarify what you're thinking. Right. Yeah. And then now you're under attack. Now you know where the attack is coming from, which is from your own mind, which is the arena. Um, so this is where you have to turn all that shit around because right now that alcohol, that craving, that active voice is trying to tell you, hey, remember me? The wine was so red by the fire. Remember how good I was? And remember how much fun we had at that party? Or everybody's at the, everybody's at the club right now dancing and you're missing out. Those are attacks right there. Mm-hmm. And they're coming from your own mind and it's all bullshit. And that's when you had to remind your mind and turn the shit around. Really? It wasn't that great because after I left that club, I was puking my guts out. I woke up the next morning. I was full of shame, guilt, and remorse. Um, I've been thinking about suicide. You remind when your mind tries to tell you all this shit, you remind your mind the end result of if you take that drink. So now you're fighting with your mind 
Polly. You're fighting your mind with another side of your mind. And is what happens if you go in there and read what um, our friend wrote about if it fires together, it wires, it wires together. together. If, when you keep doing that, Polly, you're building a new pathway. Okay. Because mm -hmm. you're countering. At first, it takes a lot of work. You have to think about it. You have to. I have to stop my mind. Even if I'm driving down the road and I, I'm getting attacked, I stop my mind. Look, I don't wreck my car. I don't stop everything I'm frigging doing, right? <laughs> I still got to drive my car. You stop the thought process. I stop my thoughts. Okay. And it took a lot of work at first, Polly. It took a lot of work. And it took a while to, it's like people that can type. I can't. I just use one finger at a time. But people that can type, they've learned they've built those pathways in their mind where their fingers automatically know where to go on the keyboard. They lay their hands on the keyboard. They know where to put their fingers. They can go years without typing and go back, lay their hands on the keyboards. And it's going to be effortless for them because that pathway has been built. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're doing when you're using act, you're building a new pathway. You're teaching your brain how to counter these cravings when they hit you and once that pathway is built, you're building a new highway and eventually it's going to, you won't even think, I don't even think, what is it? Eight months I've been doing this now, maybe yeah. nine. I don't even think about this now when these thoughts come at me, Polly, when these thoughts come at me, my mind is just, it just starts shutting them down. Boom. Buy it. Just bats the shit away like flies. And I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not overwhelmed at all. It doesn't consume me anymore, period. Look, I have the thoughts. I acknowledge that they're there. And um, I've never learned how to meditate, but now I could even meditate and uh, get through that too. But my point is, sitting in something can be more dangerous than confronting something. Confronting your fear. Because there well, is confronting fear. the thought. I don't know about if there's fear or what. You're under attack. And I don't know, I, I wouldn't call it fear. I would call it an attack that you, your fucking brain me. wants a drink. And it's like, give me a fucking drink right now. I want a fucking drink. It's going to, it doesn't give a shit. That part of your mind doesn't give a shit about where that drink is going to take you, that it's going to leave you in a gutter, that you're going to commit suicide, or that you may go out and kill somebody else in your car. It just does not give a shit, Polly. It wants a fucking drink. That's all. I can't remember the last time I had that thought. Now. You know why? You built a new pathway. You're riding on that new pathway. I don't drink. Yeah. You don't I don't drink. drink. My I use, like I said before, I use visuals. And if ever that pops in my mind, I just look at the, the little girl at the bottom of the well all curled up. That's your movie. That's what you That's use. Yeah, that's what I see. But I remember so I'm not going probably not long ago, Dan went through some things and you were driving home. Mm -hmm. And that that night you had to make a choice. Yes. Remember that night? Yes. Um, it, I drove. It was one place I used to always stop and pick up wine on the way home. And I remember getting to that spot on the freeway and just thinking wine. And I was about to turn off and go and get it. <laughs> but I carried on driving i just didn't stop because that's not what i do anymore well you were you were it. under you were in a battle under, right there. yeah you were under attack 
because uh, there was a lot of stuff going on then. There was a lot. Of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, and I was crying on the way home. And it was like I needed my comfort blanket. But now my comfort blanket is not that anymore because it's what we used to reach for to block everything out, the hard stuff. Now you've faced the hard stuff because it's not as hard as you thought it was. It's a lot easier to face the hard stuff sober. Well, than anybody, it is. anybody that's, and we're talking about people that are new in their sobriety. Mm-hmm. Not only is that hard, it's almost impossible. Yeah. Three million people are dying of alcoholism a year, Polly. That's too many. That And every one of those three million, they don't have a way out. They're stuck. And it, it is... <laughs> It, you know what? For us that are getting out, we're a very low percentage compared. To, look at the people that are dying. It's just insane. And how many people? Here's one I'm going to look at. Uh, pandemic, right? You were saying about. Oh, oh uh, you mean about COVID? How many people? Died? Yeah, how many people died? Look, look how they. Look how the world went into panic over COVID, and we had all these. Re- the world started fighting against COVID, right? Oh my God, COVID's here. It's killing all these people. Alcoholism kills. Why aren't we fighting like that against um, the poison, the alcohol? It's, it's, there's no, there's no, um, there was no monetary value in COVID. The power, the, the, the monsters, the pedal, the bullshit, yep. the poison. They've been out there for decades. They've paid off all the politicians. They're in all the pot- political um, places. They're, they wield their money, they buy their people, and they sell their fucking poison. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. And you know yep. what? They're addicting us, they're addicting our kids, and they're killing our families. They're destroying our family units is what's going on. Mm-hmm. Just in my house alone, we're in all recovery. in recovery. You know? I think if you were to go into most houses within the global, within the world, there's usually someone in recovery from something from some kind of addiction that's been pushed at us um, because anything that you've, re- you've, you've taken pleasure from can become an addiction. This is what I've got to say. Anybody that is out there um, and they, if it's alcohol or drugs, it's causing any problems in your mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Get off it now. Find a way. I mean, if, if you don't like our voice, go find somebody out there, find the voice that you like. Find There's they, enough resources. Find the resources you like. Yeah. And, you know what? I'm passionate about it. Sorry for all the cussing, but I'm passionate oh. about this. You know, no, and- I mean, it's people. It's when people get passionate about it that the message gets out there. I mean, Annie Grace was passionate about it. That's why she wrote. She just a doesn't book. have That's- to cuss as much. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she wrote a book. That's why she and and Annie Grace works in marketing, so she knows how it works. But she does podcasts. She does FaceTime. She does. Facebook, um, she answers people's questions every day. There's so She's many answering a good question. resources online yes. now. Yes. And if you want, if you want to get sober, and it, it it's not going to be in the beginning, it's it's not easy, but you just have to dig in. And That's it. Like Peace One says, nothing changes if nothing changes. That's it. You've got to change and you've got to want to change. You've got to want to. And we we wanted to badly enough 
that we got our asses out of the fire and out of the hell. Well, I was I was really worried that our son was going to die of an overdose or be sent to prison and possibly die in prison because things went that far with him. And here it is from when he was 18. He's 29 now. And he's back under and he's see I'm seeing a passion in him. He's decided to uh, come out. He's decided to fight for his life. And that's that's exciting. it. So. This has been great. I've loved it. We've talked, we've rambled, which is what we used to do every morning for months <laughs> before any of this started. Um, and we got to do it again sometime. We really have because maybe once every six or eight weeks as the website and the podcasts grow. And maybe one day we'll get to interview you and get your well, you story and Paul, out there. You and, Paul, you and Karina keep doing what you're doing. You guys are just a light we love so it. many women. We love it. We absolutely love it. And we love, I mean, people say, you know, thank you to us, but we have to thank them as well because without them helping us, we wouldn't be where we are. I mean, it, it, it's a community. And in a community, everybody helps everybody. These women, they turn around, and they say, oh, you're a godsend. Thank you very much. But they themselves are a godsend. They're working their asses off to stay sober, but they're also helping me stay sober. It motivates me to get up every morning and give back. We are surrounded by beautiful, amazing people. Yes, we are. We're lucky. We're fortunate. We really, really are. We've well, got some we're, beautiful we're, we're, friends. We're blessed, Polly. We're just really yeah. blessed because we're... We're out of it and we're we're doing step 12. That's it. And you and I will continue to do step 12. Now, I don't want you to be running around doing 13. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not yet. <laughs> not until I celebrate my 12 months. Anyway, let's yeah. pull into the station with this train and jump off. And you and I will catch up again sometime soon. I have yes, really, really so enjoyed much. myself. Thank you. I love you so and much. And Karina, we love you, Karina. Yes, riding around on that Can-Am. So thank you guys for listening to us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.